We are recording. Hey, everybody. Happy Pagan Fertility Goddess Day to you. And may all your chocolate eggs slide down your neck smoothly. Slide down your neck? <laughs> your throat. Oh, okay, your throat. I was picturing <laughs> I was picturing people with all these chocolate eggs melting down the outside of their neck and <laughs> sliding down. All right. Are you sure that's chocolate? Right. Oh, ow. That's not great. All right. Um Everybody, today's episode, the ongoing restoration. Dave, we're going to jump right off the bat, though. Jump off the bat. That doesn't work. That's like a mixture of a few phrases, isn't it? Jump off a cliff. Off the top. I don't know. Yeah. That. How about a little LDS church in the news? <laughs> I swear I am going to do something with audio effects. That sounds like Metallica or something. As a, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> anyway, so here's something funny I thought in the news. So you may or may not know because you probably don't. They announced a few things during this conference. One of them was a new symbol for the church, and so the symbol is for all of you who. Are aware, obviously, you can look this up online if you haven't seen the symbol yet. But if you're aware of the, they call it the Christus statue that's in the visitor center in Salt Lake. I think, is that the only place they have it, Dave? We could probably look that up. I, I think that's the famous one anyway. That's, um, yeah, that's the original. There's a copy of it in a couple other places. Are there? Okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah, kind of an it, image it, of it's that. It's the church logo is what it is. Yeah, the graphical image of that statue, and then below it says, Church of Jesus Christ Rattlesnakes. So here's a little fun, tiny snippet in the Salt Lake Tribune today on that symbol. It's, uh, it's by Brian Triptow of St. George. So shout out to Brian, whoever he is. I enjoy the theological irony <laughs> of using Lutheran iconography as the new symbol for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He says, The Christus statue was created by Icelander Bertel Thorvaldsen, and the original resides in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in Denmark. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. That's the, the original. original. Yeah. Okay. And then he says, The biblical precedent is Martin Luther's teaching of solo gratia, salvation by grace and grace alone. <laughs> not very mormon no that is ironic isn't it so there must have been some kind of licensing or something going on right if the original's lutheran and it's it's off in denmark there had to be some permission i'm sure or whatever oh right? yeah they, and, oh yeah and i wonder about the story there i'm sure we could look that up too sometime if we're interested the story of how that statue in denmark my guess is one of the leaders was touring there, saw it, and, oh, we, we need one of those. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's interesting. That's our little LDS church in the news, though. And last time we delayed my favorite segment, we're not going to do that this time, Dave. But 
Okay. Before we do it, though, we are going to start one of our newest segments. And now, Deep Thoughts by Mike and Dave. There was once a very wise man who had three sons, and he gathered his three sons around him and said, My boys, do something good in life. And they sat for a moment and said, Father, what do you mean something good? Oh, for instance, help an old lady across the street. Okay, Father, thank you. And so a day went by and he gathered his sons about him again and asked them, how did it go? The first son answered, Father, I helped an old woman across the street. Oh, very good, very good. The second son said, Father, I also helped an old lady across the street. He says, well, that's interesting. Really? Both of you? Okay, my third son, what did you do? Well, I also helped an old lady across the street. (laughs) Oh, come on. You all three found an old lady to help across the street? And they said, well, Father, you don't understand how stubborn she could be. She didn't want to cross the street. (laughs) And so we don't delay this segment until like midway through the podcast, like last week. (laughs) How about a little for your information? All right, we're going to pick it up in 1900. Oh, wow. April 9th, Lorenzo Snow tells the priesthood leadership meeting that the second anointing is not only intended for the aged, but also for younger men. So that goes back to our podcast about second anointing. And it was taught that it was for everyone. So a reiteration of that. Wait, but like, okay, that goes back to one you shared a couple weeks back where he said it was primarily for old men, right? (laughs) Yes. So we're getting a little uh, disagreement again. Okay, just checking. Yeah, well, he goes on to say it's for those who have been tried and tested, being full of integrity and not likely to fall away. (laughs) Yeah, and not likely to tell people that Jesus doesn't arrive (laughs) when they're they're doing it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. June 14th, First Presidency and Apostles agreed to give $3,600 to Brigham Y. Hampton for his prior detective work in which he paid prostitutes to allow him and nearly 30 LDS home missionaries and policemen to spy on anti-Mormons engaging in sex acts in a Salt Lake City brothel in 1885. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow peeping toms a bunch of perverts <laughs> and they're paying them to watch these people have sex <laughs> <laughs> and then they had to talk to all those guys about masturbation yeah i i get it okay right I see the cycle by the way <laughs> again that was the first presidency that authorized that, that payment. authorized the payment yeah that's awesome <clears throat> Yeah, that's great. Yeah. June 28th, in the Logan Nation, a paper up north, there was an advertisement for all wool garments, 
with an illustration of two men and women in one piece underwear from the neck to the wrist. So they actually not only were advertising that they had them for sale, they had a picture. That's that's unusual. <laughs> isn't it? Or maybe it's not as unusual as I thought it was. I yeah. Didn't okay. think they ever let that out at yeah, all. Yeah. Ever. Okay. Huh. For publication. Huh. August 8th, first of two plural marriages in Mexico that Second Counselor Joseph F. Smith secretly authorizes without the knowledge of President Snow, who prohibits polygamous ordinances. What Okay, the? so they're not... So his second counselor in the first presidency is doing shit behind the prophet's back. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Oh, I love it. Okay. Oh, it, it, we got to get a few more going. August 25th. When visiting apostles asked a congregation how often ward teachers visit them, some had not seen a teacher in their homes for years, and many not for months. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) Second counselor Joseph F. Smith tells Mormons of St. John's, Arizona, that Jesus was married to the Mary who anointed his feet. That's Mary Magdalene. Uh, so I wonder if that's when so it officially what, started, like the rumor or whatever in the church. Possibly. Yeah. I don't remember it being mentioned. Mm. Uh, there, I might have mentioned something about it in a previous mm. statement. Okay, we're in a new year now. February 1st, First Presidency decides to suspend 10-year policy of allowing sale of alcohol churches salt air amusement park. So in a previous statement, they said, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and sell beer if you want. Now we'll talk about some theology. Uh, And again, this, it seems like there's something on this every week. In the 1908, John A. Witzow's Joseph Smith as a scientist, page 137, it affirms, God in Mormon theology is the greatest intelligence. Yet it must of necessity, under the inexorable law of the universe, grow. That means his intelligence. Uh-huh. Second statement, 1910, 70s course in theology, B.H. Roberts writes that progress is eternal, even for the highest intelligences. Which in co- his next 70s course in theology, uh-huh. he writes, and this is the thought behind it, B.H. Roberts again, And is it too bold a thought that with this progress, even for the mightiest, new thoughts and new vistas may appear, inviting a new adventure and enterprises that will yield new experiences, advancement and enlargement, even for the most high? Ah. Now, do you see what he's done there? He's contradicted Mormonism and described the way I would describe life. Yeah. Life is... Progression. New thoughts, new vistas, inviting new adventures, new experiences, advancement, and enlargement. That's life. Right. Well, and what I think This man just had a lot of common sense, right? Yeah, he did. And B.H. Roberts is a conundrum in our minds for a few reasons, right? But, you know, I, I think of the nature of the Godhead as you're taught in the church, right? And just the common religious terminology, I guess you could say, that Mormonism uses to wrap around God the Father. And if he's omniscient, all-knowing, 
then there wouldn't be any way to learn something new, right? Because you would already know it all. And think of how that get, yeah. goes against the course of nature, of life itself. Sure. And we've, we've discussed the fact of, well, now what? Yeah. What, what, what do I do now? I, <laughs> I'm not learning anything anymore. Right. I'm not experiencing something I've never experienced before. Sounds like a really shitty deal <laughs> to work yeah. for a long time to attain this state where you stop. Anyway, oh, I've arrived. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Not only B.H. Roberts, but Buzz Lightyear got it right. Oh, yes, he <laughs> did. And beyond. And beyond. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got to get two or three more in here real yeah, quick. Let's June do it. 20th, let's during a social party at the home of second counselor Joseph S. Smith, Lorenzo Snow says, He, the Savior, lives, and I know it. Many of you will go to Jackson County and you will see him there. So apparently, even what? though the church headquarters. And the temple and all that's in Salt Lake. The Savior's hanging out in Jackson County. Uh, or was he saying, was he predicting the second coming by saying that? It doesn't really say. Like you many will see of you him there go, in right? the future. Yeah, I, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, here's a little one. Lorenzo Snow presides at Salt Lake Temple's monthly fast meeting, and Sister Lily T. Freeze sang in tongues. So that's still going on. Uh, yeah. I can hear the audience now. Yeah. <laughs> She's saying in tongues. Some, uh, I, I think like that's the Amish. first. Uh, hold on. I think that's the first time we've ever had anybody sing in tongues. You've the, mentioned yeah, people speaking in, in tongues. tongues. Have you heard of singing in tongues before? I don't think I have. Uh, singing in tongues. I think Disturbed falls in that <laughs> the band, rock band Disturbed. <laughs> The other David, yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, back to it. You were saying something All right. about something Amish. Yeah, July 10th, Apostle Anthony H. Lund reports to Apostle that during the six-month period, 58% of LDS marriages in a rural ward were forced. Forced? Forced. In other words, my daughter, you will marry this young man. And forced marriages. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, now new. this one is this is good news here. Uh -huh. The first presidency and apostles agree that Danish beer is not harmful or in violation of the world. <laughs> what? <laughs> Danish beer. <laughs> Danish beer. Did they do some so, kind of scientific experiment or something? What the fuck? <laughs> okay. No Budweiser. No Miller. But you can have a Heineken. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Oh, and along with that, this is the last statement. Along with that one, August 11th, of men attending a stake priesthood meeting, one-third admit they do not observe the word of wisdom. Wow. A third. Wow. A third. All right. Well, was it so last I don't think week, you said? Was it, it never Grant? really did stick. Well, Grant wasn't it last week. Heber J. Grant, I thought you said, uh, right. made the decision that if you didn't obey it, it, that wasn't a big enough deal that you would not get a temple recommend. Right? Correct. Okay. Yep. So these guys are like, yeah, I don't yep. do it. I know I probably should, but hey, I'm going to the temple. And, you know, okay. Fun. Interesting. Can you imagine 
walking in the temple and two or three people are shit-faced. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to have an extra special experience this time. How about a bell worker <laughs> who's shit-faced? <laughs> <laughs> What is wanted? <laughs> Can you repeat that? What, what is wanted? I think of the Princess Bride scene with the drunk priest. <laughs> you go into the celestial room and two, two guys are passed out on the couches. Marriage. <laughs> Is what brings us here together. <laughs> oh my God! Oh, okay. Whew. There it is. <sighs> Thank you, David. For your information, this is what really was going on yes. in early church history. Yeah, because no, no crazy shit goes on in the current church. Yes. No, <sighs> no, it's all, all right. cleaned up now. Yeah. Well, well, folks. With those segments out of the way, we're into an ongoing restoration. <laughs> so we've talked about this before. I'm sure you guys have seen things already all over the place on this conference that just happened here, April 2020. Kind of an unprecedented thing. A weird thing because all these things are combined. So you've got supposedly the 200th year commemoration of one of the first visions, <laughs> at least the one with the sacred grove, because I think they mentioned the sacred grove a lot. That's the official one. So we'll just call that the one. And then this huge celebration, whatever, over that. But then everybody's constrained. They can't go to the conference center, which we spoke earlier about the fact that that's probably what they would have preferred, right? Some big celebratory thing where probably the oh, largest yeah. attendance ever in conference, right? As people come out for this huge celebration, whatever. So that can't happen because of the whole COVID thing going on. So it's this unprecedented, you know, virtual only conference, which is kind of weird. And so given all of that, then, okay, that's our deal. So you can see pictures online how just surreal strange this was there's this empty room pretty much right with they had to bring their red plush chairs in <laughs> which i still laugh about and here they are more than six feet apart right and they're social distancing yeah. with each other yeah. and the camera just goes guy to guy right and they say their spiel there was a couple other unprecedented things this was the first conference in history to my knowledge where youth spoke as part of the conference. Correct. So there was a young Saturday woman. Night. Yeah. Yeah. Young woman and a young man who spoke in conference. Talk about pressure, right? Hey, dude, chill. There's only about five million people watching whatever, right? It's like um, Well, and by the way, the inflection in their voice was very either trained. Uh, or they listened to a lot of the older people giving talks. It was the same really? inflection of words. Oh, that's eerie. And very, very robotic. That's eerie. Did they go so far yeah. as to teach them the proper Utah leader pronunciation of WH in words? <laughs> <laughs> what does Jesus want us to do when we follow Ruben. him? 
Yes. <laughs> and you must pray to God. God. And your garments will be washed white. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, I didn't listen to the youth. Maybe I need to go back now and see how eerie that is. No, you don't. No. Okay. <laughs> you don't Thank wanna... you. Thank you for saving uh-uh. me. So, guys, I made a compilation of a couple themes that I'll play for you here. There were a couple themes that uh, just seemed to be ever-present. So here's one of the ever-present themes here. Let me play this for you. 200, 200, 200 years, 200 years, 200 years, 200 years, 200 years, 200 years, 200, 200, 200. You get the point. Wow. (laughs) Well, what about the restoration of the gospel? And this is going to be my main point that I focused on, Dave. I'll talk about a talk from Crying where he said a lot about that. What about this? So here's another recurring theme that I captured from the conference here. Continuing restoration. Ongoing restoration. Ongoing restoration. Unfolding restoration. Ongoing restoration. Continuing restoration. Continuing restoration. Unfolding restoration. Ongoing restoration. The restoration continues. Ongoing process of restoration. Restoration goes forward. Restoration continues. Huh. Wow. <laughs> so that's, that's a, a, is that an oxymoron or no? What is that, a conundrum? I mean, l- let me real quick throw out the analogy yes. of restoring, uh, let's say, a classic vehicle. Let's say you, you make a barn find and you find this uh, 56 Chevy Bel Air, let's say. Love it. Okay. And so you, yeah, you remove the rust in the process of restoration. That's our little play on words there. And you, you do all the things that you do. You repaint it, you restore it. At some point, it's done. It's restored. Restored. And for yes. my entire life in the church, all I ever heard is that everything necessary for the fullness of the gospel to be restored has taken place. Yes. It's all restored. Bing, bing. That's all I ever heard. That's right. Me too. And as I looked back and we could provide, you know, it, it was almost futile. I One of the things I did for this episode is I looked back at past tense. So a bunch of different conferences, and I just picked decades, right? Like the seven, as far back as LDS.org goes, which I think goes back to like the, at least the 70s. 80s, 90s, right? I I looked for the word restore, and I just, so that I could support in the search any version of that verb, I just put in like R-E-S-T-O-R. So it could be an A after, like restoration. It could be E-D, restored, whatever. Every talk that used that word, and we could throw a list out. It's just a huge list, which is why I didn't do it, but... Every talk that talked about the restoration, if they weren't talking about the noun of, you know, when the restoration occurred, right, if they were talking about it as a verb, it was past tense. The gospel has been restored. This is what we heard, to your point, Dave, all growing up. Yeah. Never this concept of there was anything left to restore, that we have all the temple ordinances now the only thing that was kind of future tense 
was that that kind of almost fable, right, story of like, well, if we're righteous enough as a church, we'll get the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon, right? That'll come <laughs> forth. Like that was in that category, right? You could say like future, right, that hasn't come to us yet. Nothing else that's critical. You know, the temple ceremonies and ordinances, the priesthood keys, All that shit was always wrapped in a past tense of these were restored. And that was the big story of Joseph Smith, right? Like God restored all those things, every fucking thing through Joseph Smith. There was nothing future about that, right? Well, what that does is it opens the door for them to excuse all of these adjustments Mm. because they're being made by the process of revelation. And so these adjustments that will be ongoing are now excused under this excuse that it's, it's ongoing. Perfect. Mm -hmm. We can just keep making this shit up as we go. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the, that's the gate. You know, God wanted it that way from the very beginning. Oh yeah. I mean, and look, yeah. Much like Rusty Nell throws the prior prophets in the modern era here under the bus. (laughs) I mean, we know we were just making Satan happy with the whole I'm a Mormon campaign, right? I don't know how everyone was so deceived, David, that they were were making, uh, you know, Satan happy with that. But yeah, I mean, this is the stance. This is a Rusty Nelsonism. No one ever in the history of the church has said that there was anything left to restore. Ever. You know, I, I can't find it. It's not, it's not out there. I mean, so why did this come about? I think you hit the nail on the head. When you're in a position, I personally feel like this happened because shit started hitting the fan with church history. And so the church yeah. found themselves in this position, and we've talked about this a little bit, where they had to kind of make a choice, right? They were like, how do we handle this uncomfortable history? Most of it has been known for a long time. It just was, they were doing a good job of hiding it or making it difficult to find, right? And the cat's out of the bag now, right? It's like, okay, shit, all this stuff is everywhere. Even if they, actually for a time, they tried to take things down off of the internet. There was that period of time when they thought they could control the fire, whatever analogy you want to use. Well, that's it. That Those days are gone. It's out there, right? And so really, I think, David, starting in 2013, when they published the Gospel Topic essays that we've talked about, right? that's when they kind of started yeah. this new narrative. And to create a new narrative, you kind of have to have this idea, I guess, of, well, uh, the, the restoration's not over yet, right? <laughs> so this is a good time to uh, bring up the proclamation on the restoration. They, yeah. We heard all this hype of all this, the great things that were going to happen at conference. So we had the youth speakers and everyone attending the Saturday night session, which is new, we have the new church logo. There's two other things. One of them is they produced this proclamation on the restoration. And at the beginning, Rusty Nail read the whole thing. And uh-huh. it says the restoration was initiated 
with the appearance of the Father and the Son. Initiated. Towards the end of the pro- proclamation, he says the restoration goes forward. Mm-hmm. So now we have a proclamation that that's what's going on with this church. Yeah, you can't get much more official than that, right? And I I remember right. being a little surprised when I looked up the text of this new proclamation, right? And I think it's called something like the proclamation of the restoration of the Church of Jesus Christ or something like that. Anyway, yep. uh, I found some context that they said around that. Is this like the fourth or fifth or sixth proclamation? Um, it's the fifth. The fifth. See, I didn't even know that. I, I, Of course, I think the most popular one that people will recall is the proclamation of the family. You know, of of right. a man and a woman, blah, 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 that big thing. I didn't... Did you know of other proclamations? I, I guess I didn't pay attention to these no, others. No, they, they weren't talked about that much. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And even that one was 25 years ago. That was Gordon B. Hinckley. Right. 25 that was, years ago, that's wild. been out. So yeah. it doesn't happen very often, so mm. it's got to be significant. Yeah. And so he's reading that thing and, and, you know, all this anticipation of these great things. And and it was just that little switch in the Saturday night session, a new church logo with the pagans, almost not a pagan, but you know what I mean? If they did their their research, they probably would have used something else. And the other one, just while I'm stating these, was they did the Hosanna Shout. Now, yeah, the last uh, it's just time eerie. they did that is yeah. when they rebuilt the Nauvoo Temple. I do remember that. They, they, yeah. They, yeah, they did the Hosanna Shout. I was watching that, that clip of conference, mm-hmm. and it actually freaked me out. I, I've never, I've only seen it that one other time with the Nauvoo Temple, and something just said, this looks pagan. This yeah. looks cult, cult-like. It's very eerie. Uh, yeah. It's very eerie. There's waving this thing back and forth. It, it, it reminded me of the Bilderbergers up there with the giant statue, the owl with the fire burning, and <laughs> somebody's chanting a bunch of shit. I mean, I, I, I know. Yeah, don't. Come on, Dave. Don't go no, scream I on us. Totally but agree. that was the feeling. Very cult-like. Very yeah, I participated in one. It must have been the Navi Temple one, right? Because I don't remember. Right. I, it could have been some. I I don't know. It doesn't really matter, I guess. But I've only participated in the one, and we were given a heads up, right? Bring a clean white handkerchief. Can you, can you imagine this snot rag with <laughs> stains and shit all over it? With grease and oil and boogers on it. <laughs> Havana, Havana, <laughs> swinging that shit around. Uh, I'll tell you what. Even as a very, very active member at that time, which which I was, it was kind of weird. It was like you can't just do it. By the way, there's this set, almost like doctrine, right? Like this is an ordinance. Yeah. You do it this way. You hold the handkerchief in your right hand. You know. Uh, God forbid you've lost your right arm or something, right? Yeah. You know, it, yeah. It, there's like this set, and then you say these exact words, and you're like, okay, it seems like this kind of cheer, right? It's almost like a cheer, like a cheerleader would wave her pom-pom, right, instead of the handkerchief or whatever. 
it seems like that should be a little more spontaneous, right? Like throwing your hats up when you graduate, you know, or right. You and have think, to do it like I think this. That's the spirit behind it. The first one yeah. was at the uh, dedication of the Kirtland Temple. Sure. Yeah. That's when they they first did it, and I don't think anybody told them what to do ahead of time. It was spontaneous. I, I, that's my guess. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah. Um, but when they yeah. said, you know, Hosanna, 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 and then when he said to God and the Lamb, it just something. I was getting all these pictures of sacrifices and the Lamb. Yeah, I, you that's know, I happen to, to have. As, uh, I happen yeah. to have a microphone that a, a buddy of mine slipped into that little empty theater that they were virtually giving their talks out of, right? Or not virtually giving their, I mean, obviously they were actually there giving their talks, but this is what he captured in the background when they when he said God and the lamb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of Isaac up there with Abraham, but Father, where is the sacrifice? <laughs> oh, God will provide. Yeah, lying for the <laughs> Lord. I love that story. Yeah, the angel was lying for the Lord. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it is creepy. Not to just keep going on that piece forever in the podcast here, but it it's quite creepy. You have to say it three times, and then the last one is to God and the Lamb, and it. it Whatever, like it's some kind of, like I said, like some kind of uh, <laughs> ordinance or something. It's you got to say the yeah. sacrament prayer yeah, like this, right? It's just weird. Whatever. I mean, weird. if it was more spontaneous, I don't think it would be as creepy. I mean, it would still be weird that people are waving these handkerchiefs around and saying this, but it, it wouldn't be as weird to me, I guess, as it is when you have to say it this way. And you swing your arm this many times. And, you know, it's just like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, like you said, cultish, right? Because it's totally controlled. Very cultish. It's like, you got to do it this way. Anyway, uh, like they could check on people at home, right? Make sure they're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> I think he did say, if you don't have a handkerchief, you can you can wave your hand, right? Or something. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Prophet, for saying I can wear I can wave my hand. I appreciate the liberal <laughs> allowance there. Uh, weird <laughs> shit, man. Um, yeah. I mean, did anything else strike you, Dave? The fact that it's a virtual conference, not held in the conference center, mm -hmm. which makes sense because nobody's there. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's empty, uh, unused. Anyway. But a virtual conference celebrating a virtual event, and in that sense of the word virtual, it never happened. <laughs> it wasn't, you know, it's a, it's an annual conference, but yeah. it's a 200th anniversary of a of an event that never took place. Isn't that so? Weird? How fitting that yeah. you know it had to be a virtual conference. Yeah, that is kind of fitting. Yeah, that's a good point, right? Here's a a virtual <laughs> conference on a, a virtual concept <laughs> that never took place. And we talked a while back here about all the different nine versions of the first vision, right? And this is one of the things that kind of pissed me off 
Ballard gave a talk, Rusty Ball, <laughs> as we call him, called Shall We Not Go On in So Great a Cause, whatever. Uh, he mentioned it. It's been mentioned before recently as well. Um, this concept, all of a sudden, again, changing narrative. All the visions are out there, all the different versions of them. Four, as we recall, four of the nine were written down by Joseph himself. And so their interesting narrative and approach to how to deal with this very troubling issue that the four accounts, even by Joseph himself, discount the other five, right? Call them hearsay or call them, yep. you know, whatever you want to call them. Just well, they're, the four they're second Joseph hand. Wrote. Second hand, yes. Uh, like court of law, yeah. whatever, right? Second hand. Okay, discount right. those five. I'm That's cool. You got the four left that the guy wrote down with his own, his own hand, okay? They disagree with each other on very key parts, and we, we pointed out some of those in that episode. And... So again, how are we going to deal with this, guys? And so there's been this new twist, which blows my mind. They're actually calling it a good thing. And they're calling out the four different vision accounts from Joseph. They're not hiding them anymore and just focusing on the 1838, 39 one, right? Like they're, they're mentioning them all now, all of a sudden, and they're they're phrasing it like this is a good thing, right? And you, you know, know like, what this reminds yeah. me of? Let's say you buy a new gadget, uh -huh. like a camera, uh -huh. and you get a set of instructions on how to operate the camera. And then you realize there's three other sets of instructions. So that's a good thing that there's four sets of instructions. <laughs> But they all can contradict each other. <laughs> <laughs> and they're trying, I'll read some snippets here from Rusty Ball's talk. They're trying to make it sound that like they don't contradict each other, like it's a good thing, right? And they're trying to make it, well, that's okay, David, that you have those four different instructions for the camera because one of those instructions tells you how to turn it on and another one of those instructions tells you right. how to put in a memory card and it's like guys it, you can't play that exactly. game because it's that, like that's exactly right yeah he makes it sound like they were progressive mm -hmm. again ongoing mm -hmm. restoration like the second one added to the first one third one to the second fourth to the third that's not what they are no at it's all if you use your camera no. thing it's more like the first set that you read of instructions tells you how to turn the camera on and the second one tells you you know you use this button right they contradict each other they're not complementary <laughs> and, and so you'd be fucked right but well well shit which of these is real right like what i guess i'll try everything right and so hopefully i don't break the fucking camera you know i mean as long as yeah. you know it's the one true camera it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> All those other cameras out there, they just take fake pictures. <laughs> uh, so check this out, guys. This is the kind of phrasing I'm talking about now. Check this out. Rusty Ball. During this time of debate and strife among religious parties, Joseph experienced a wondrous vision known today as the first vision. Here we go. Check this phrasing out. We are blessed to have four primary accounts from which I will draw. 
That's it. Never. He doesn't say why we're blessed. Never in history has it been looked at that no. way. The others have never no. been brought up. It's only the 1838 vision that was referenced. None of the others, right. guys. Like, this is not a blessing before. Now, all of a sudden, it is. I mean, holy shit, right? So, yeah, he's actually so bold to say, hey, we know he also saw angels now instead of just God the Father. and Jesus. Well, really? Because that's what he's, that's the only thing he saw in one of the visions. <laughs> you can't. Oh are you fucking kidding me? You're going to really twist it that way? Really? Well, completely 180. Something that's actually really bad for for the church to have to deal with just undermines their key history now it's a good thing just because you said it is yeah that's it i'm an apostle i say it's a good thing fuck you guys <laughs> <laughs> like you point out this this really damning evidence in court right and the and the defendant who's now like red-faced or the defense attorney right he's oh shit uh, judge, I say that's a good thing. <laughs> and the judge is like, what? So the blood was found on my client's clothes and hands and in his apartment. Oh, that's a good thing. Oh, and in a fourth <laughs> place in his car as well. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> that shows how concerned he was and how much he was trying to help them from stopping, you know, the bleeding. You know, it's like, what? <laughs> you can't spin it that way. Yeah, he says in here, oh, Rusty Ball, yeah. right? He says like midway through his talk. Joseph also noted, quote, I saw many angels in this vision, unquote. Yeah. Are you including uh, the part that that's all he saw in that particular vision? You lying bastard. Oh, and by the way, historically, angels do not show up unless they have a message. Ah, uh, right. That right, is what right. an angel is in, right. in Mormon theology. Mm -hmm. Someone with a message and they show up to deliver that message. And there's no nothing about what the angels had to share with Joseph. In that oh, vision, wait, that'll no. be part of the ongoing restoration. Right, right. It'll come out later. That's right. Okay. Think, think of how stupid the brethren, right, are treating the members with this type of narrative. They're Think about yeah. how stupid they're treating. Guys, we're going to literally sell you this story that Joseph knew he was going to write down four different excerpts of this. He knew that each one would contradict the other. So he, he was just, he wasn't contradicting himself. He was just giving you extra details in each of the stories, right? And what? Well, and again, Michael, for the average member, that's enough. They will not investigate it. Mm. He's really, he's, he's addressing us. He's addressing those maybe who are thinking about leaving, who have concerns, not the average member who just doesn't really give a fuck. Yeah. yeah. Don't care. You're right. You're right. I had uh, my, my witness from the spirit and I'm done. I don't have to think about it research it, look at it ever again, I'm done. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It just blows my mind. I mean, do yeah. members not at all 
look at, I mean, a lot of these big narrative changes are not over the 200 years. Obviously, quite a few are, right? But like, I'm just talking modern times, right? Since the 1980s, 90s even, a lot of these contradictory narratives now from the church, do, what do the members do with that? I, I just, I almost wish well that we could, it, it's, in, you know. It's exponential too. It's what I think yeah. you're bring, that's what you're trying to say. It's, it's, well, how do they reconcile? Not only is the majority yeah. majority of it in the last couple of decades, it, even more so the last decade, even more so the last five years. You're right. So Rusty Nell is just getting that lighted pen on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Much to Wendy's chagrin, right? As she sighs and she's yeah. cast out of her own bed again as he gets, quote-unquote, revelation. And then he pulls some weird anyway. magazine with crumpled papers out from under the bed. I don't know what that's all about. I when he tells her to leave, I, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's a an old issue of the of the ensign. That's it. <laughs> and why are these pages all stuck together? Oh God! Wow. I look, bro. That's that's, that's that's all I've got on this conference was this repetition of this concept that Rusty Nell sold a piece of oceanfront property in Idaho, and the whole team jumped on board, and they're all saying this. And yeah. here we are, another changed narrative. Oh. All of that you learned through your whole church life about the gospel being restored, past tense. Eh. Eh. Nah. <laughs> well, Michael, you're missing the beauty of it. The, the unity be- between the brethren, because as we've been reading, in for your information, they were disagreeing about shit for years and years and years, and now they're all on the same page. <laughs> what? What is it today, Rusty? Oh, okay. <laughs> It's a good thing that our history's all fucked up. Okay, well, we're we're gonna sell it that way. Oh, it's still going on. Can I? Hey, can I borrow your lighted pen? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one of those. Oh my god! I don't know. Oh, look, one other little stray thought uh, as I was scrolling through these conference talks. So on the church website, they have a little freeze frame of the guy talking as they often do from the video and then they have the text underneath and you can download the video or you can download the audio and Holland's you guys have to go out and look at Holland's little freeze frame (laughs) it is the epitome I want to I want to get that thing in high res and like blow it up and make a a huge picture out of it and frame it somewhere (laughs) He's got like his finger up, like he's wagging his finger, right? And he has this mean ass, grumpy old asshole look on his face. It is the epitome <laughs> of Holland. <laughs> David and I. Right behind yeah. him is Oaks. And interestingly, yeah. in the Hosanna shout, you can see Rusty in the middle, mm-hmm. growls and jowls on the right, or whatever, and D Hoax on the other side. Yeah. And that's who you see. You see those three waving their 
it's not rags in the air, and it's it's just freaky. I I, I guess we've already beat that to death, but yeah. Uh, yeah, jowls looks almost like a variation of on a DNA experiment or something. I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's guys. always angry, and right behind him is D hoax. Yeah, he yeah, seems to control it's... it a little more, but he's got a really. <laughs> God damn it! You're not good enough. Get your shit together. Then I'm not a dodo bird, you know, with jowls and growls. They're just they're pissed, and I think it could be because they know they're full of shit, and they're tri- they're tired of trying to defend themselves. You think? Is that possible? It's possible, I guess. Yeah. I just, man, yeah. you know, we were making fun before the show about Holland being that guy sitting on the porch, the front porch, <laughs> as kids are walking by on their way to school, right? You know, God damn you, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can Get off see, the lawn. I can just see him as the crotchety old bastard. Who lives on the corner, right? I, just... <laughs> I had, oh, I met, I met both of them in person. Uh-huh. I, I know I've mentioned these things before. Yeah. I met the hoax in line at the grocery store. I was standing right next to him. Mm. Uh, no noticeable divine presence there. <laughs> he seemed irritated yeah. and impatient hmm. to have to, wait for me to finish my transaction in front of him. Interesting. So I, I knew who he was. I didn't say anything. Right. And that's when I was a very active Mormon. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't know who he was, it's just another fairly grumpy old man. <laughs> that was the, that was the <laughs> feeling, you know, right there in oh, line, God. like a half a foot away from each other. Yeah. And that was the energy. He was giving off. Uh, Fun stuff. Whatever. I sat right next to Rusty Ball, Rusty and Ball. I sat next to yeah. the Monson and his wife. Mm-hmm. Now Monson, I would have to say, was m- more friendly. He's a nice guy. He yeah. he, yeah, he never had that real mean ass old man streak to him. He he, genuinely, yeah. that's who he was. As a side note, do you know how our dad loves his Coke? Right. <laughs> and based on right. the time period of his life, it's either Coke or Diet Coke, right? Whichever he was addicted to. He was in a like a convenience store, you know, gas place. And Monson was in there getting a like a double big gulp or something of Diet Coke. <laughs> and he just was so laughing about that because here's Monson, which is this event, Right. But then Diet Coke, right? Or there's your little testimony of caffeinated beverages, right? When the prophet himself yeah. is uh, <laughs> grabbing a Coke, you know, it's just, anyway, that's, it's that's funny. That's awesome. But uh, to see these guys yeah, in normal they're daily. Just, they're yeah. just men, and uh, I would feel sorry for them if they would wasn't for the fact that they're peddling this bullshit, and yes. it's harming a lot of people. Yes, it is. So back to our primary cause and creating these podcasts is just a lot of damage untold and it's ongoing oh it's ongoing damage good yeah the gift that keeps on giving not gonna stop yeah it keeps giving and we're sorry about that 
we honestly are. Yes, um, we are. We've obviously had to deal with things in, in our lives. I still find myself thinking about things in different ways, almost as a knee-jerk reaction when a certain scenario arises or somebody says a certain yeah. thing, whatever. And I kind of have to consciously stop myself and say, wait a second, is that me or is that what I was taught for decades in my life? And a lot of times, right, when I pause like that, I realize that's the church's influence. Wow. You know, it's still impacting. And so I have to kind of control that. And there's a lot of unlearning to be done, right? And then learning new things. It, yeah. It's mostly a process of, of unlearning and being open mm-hmm. to yeah. a new way of seeing things. I'd say it's taken me, it's just in the last few years that I don't really have any of those knee-jerk reactions anymore. Very, mm-hmm. very seldom. Yeah. It's, it's taken 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. Yeah, and that's so, typical, guys. You know, give yourselves a break. If you have those kind of thoughts or, you know, you're thinking of things in a certain pattern or a certain structure, give yourselves a break of, you know what, it's the the human mind is what it is, and it learns its patterns and pathways, and it takes some time, right? It takes some time to just kind of look at it, nod to yourself, yeah, okay, I see that for what it is. I'm going to be the real me, right? And I'm going to think of things the way they work for me. As always, love you guys. Glad you're listening. And hopefully we're helping as we kind of laugh, but we also talk about serious things. And, you know, we just try to make sense of this organization and its impact on people's lives. And the messaging is just crazy, right? How it's changing. and, And hopefully, I know for sure some people do. Hopefully more and more people will continue to kind of see... A changing narrative at this scope is not evidence right. of the truthfulness of an organization. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's get that message out there, right? And peace on you guys. Hope you're doing well in this chaotic, unprecedented, freaky thing going on right now. Right. Yeah. We're just peeking out in the U.S. Uh, this next week. So they say. That's what they so. think that it yeah. might start down the side of the curve in another week or two. We'll see. Hang in there. Yeah. Have an extra chocolate egg. <laughs> Enjoy your bun- bunny Sunday. Yes. Yes. Peace on you guys, and we'll chat with you next week. Okay. Out. Out. <laughs>